Hello and welcome to another edition of Chesapeake Hockey Week. I'm your host, Scotty Waz. How's it going, everybody? Hope y'all are having a good time. Spring is almost sprung. We're almost at March. Where the hell is the year going? We're almost a quarter of the way done. Uh, and we're almost a quarter of the way done with the playoffs in some aspects. In some aspects, it's all the way done for some teams. We'll get to those in a minute because there's playoffs to be had. One team still playing games, and that's Team Maryland. We'll get to them a little later. But we'll start off with the Stevenson men's squad as the number uh, 14, well, at the time, 14th rank Stevenson men's Mustangs uh, getting to the UCHC playoffs. They had Kings College to start things out on Wednesday afternoon in the 2-7 matchup. And these two teams split in the regular season, uh, their matchups against each other. So it was, uh, you know, one of those series or one of those games that could be just not determined by what the record was. Uh, but could be a dogfight. Uh, fortunately for Stevenson, it was not a dogfight, as they get on them early, 13 seconds into the game early, setting the tone with Graham McElroy, uh, potting one home to make it one nothing. Like I said, 13 seconds in, Brandon Rylott and Malcolm Palmer with the assist, gives the Green Horses the early lead. And then 422 into the game, Evan Beers makes it 2 nothing for Stevenson, as Zach Bannister and Blake Benson get the uh, assist on that tally. It's two to nothing, and Stevenson hold Kings off for the uh, first period, going to the intermission, up two to nothing. But 38 seconds into the second period, Kings trying to come back in a big way with Kent Lee scoring unassisted to make it two to one. But Stevenson then kind of locked it down from there. First, with under five minutes remaining in the second, Blake Benson scoring shorthanded for Malcolm Palmer and Liam McCanny to make it three to one, and then late in the third period, Frank Fatucci on the power play seals it from Liam McKinney and Kyle Lightfoot to make it four to one, and just for a little bit of a chutzpah with 47 seconds remaining into the empty net did Zach Bannister go. Blake Benson, Nick Deneen on the assist. Five to one is your final. Stevenson gets through the quarterfinal round. Ty Alton, 22 saves in the winning effort, so... Stevenson then had to wait to see who they were going to face, and it was going to be Wilkes College. And these two teams, again, had pretty good battles uh, throughout the season. Sorry, Wilkes University, not Wilkes College. Ooh, la, la. Uh, they had them in a uh, preseason game that uh, didn't necessarily do much of anything, but then uh, Wilkes, the last season or last series of the year, beat uh, Stevenson on the Friday night, but Stevenson got an exact revenge on Saturday and another thrilling matchup uh, this Saturday as Wilkes and Stevenson go toe-to-toe, blow for blow. 7.08 into the frame, uh, into the first frame, Patrick uh, Raganski gets uh, Wilkes on the board one to nothing, and uh, Wilkes trying to get control of this early and often, but Evan Beers was able to pop one with under four minutes remaining in the first period to tie it up, and both teams go into the uh, intermission tied up at one. Second period, though, fast and furious as we had a lot of goals in the first part of the frame. Started off 221 in. Kyle Lightfoot for Stevenson. Potts went home and makes it 2-1. to one. Eric Olson and Jake the Snake Roberts on the assist. But less than two minutes after that on the power play, Jimmy O'Kane gets Wilkes even again, uh, making it 2-2. Two to two. But then a minute and six seconds after that, John Musella puts Stevenson back up Again, by a count of 3-2, to two. Matt Yeager and Liam McCanny on the assist. But right after the halfway point, Patrick Rosinski, uh 
gets another one for Wilkes, ties it 3-3 three to three after two periods of play. Third period didn't solve much of anything either. And then we go to overtime, and this one was short work in this overtime. It's 2.33 in. Kyle Lightfoot picks up a rebound at the side of the net, has all the net open, fires at home. Stevenson wins, and they go on to the UCHC final with a 4-3 uh, victory in OT, getting that last uh, the last hurrah in the rubber match in the regular season for, uh, for those two teams with uh, Ty Allen, again, a solid performance in net with 28 saves in the win. So now the Stevenson men will now take on Utica. Number two Utica against now number 12 Stevenson. And uh, it's going to be a tough matchup. These two teams faced off in the second week of uh, Stevenson's season. It was the first week for UCH, the action for them. Uh, Stevenson won in a shootout on the Friday night. And then on the Saturday night, uh, Utica did their work uh, as they were the number three seed at the time and won 5-2. to two. So this one should be an interesting test. That will be taking place at Utica as they are the home squad in this one. It's going to be Saturday night at 7 p.m., Utica uh, University will have a live feed, so go check their website for more, ucpioneers.com, and they should have video feeds for that. So it should be a good one Saturday, and we will see after Saturday if there's going to be um, a little dancing for Stevenson. I mean, of course, they're ranked in the top 16, but I don't know the at-large bids for D3, so who is to say if they can get into the national tournament or not? If they do, they could be... Uh, they could be an unassuming team for the uh, for the NCAA D3 championship. We're all going to have to wait and see. Have to get through Utica first on Saturday night in Utica. The DVCHC playoffs took place this weekend as well with uh, Navy and Maryland taking part in it. Uh, we'll start off with Navy first as they were the number three seed having to play in that play-in round as the one and two seeds got buys right to the semifinals. Navy, the three seed, taking on Rowan, the six seed, and it was too many to not enough for Navy in this one as they win six to nothing. And I'll start at 7.53 in the first period. Anna Peterson with her 12th goal of the year. Abby Sears' second assist. That put Navy up one to nothing after one period of play. And then the third period, things just broke right open. As Elizabeth Perry, 313, and gets her seventh of the year all alone to make it two to nothing Navy. Then at eight minutes exacta, Christina Cornelia with her 20th of the year from Sam Clark, her 12th assist, and that makes it three to nothing for Navy. And then three minutes and 40 seconds later, Cornelio gets another one, her 21st goal of the year from Elizabeth Perry, her ninth assist, uh, making it four to nothing. And then the cap. The four-goal second period with a minute five left in the period. Chloe Haynes gets her first of this season with Cornelio getting an assist, her 10th of the year. Navy up five to nothing after two periods of play. And then with 11 seconds left, Lindsay Baisha gets her sixth of the year from Kayla Diletto, her eighth assist. And Navy wins six to nothing. Deanna Perbrotto, 16 saves with the shutout. In that, so that moves them on. They would take on Delaware on a Saturday, and you know this one is always a tight, tight game. These two teams face off very well against each other, and Saturday's uh, Saturday's semifinal was no different. Unfortunately, 
Navy not able to get the dub in this one. Only one goal in the first period. Melanie Zhu for uh, Naval Academy. Her second of the year, 922 into the first. Navy really out shooting Delaware to start off with, just taking the offense to them in a big way, uh, but only able to muster one goal after one. Both teams had pretty good chances in that second period, but nothing to show for it. And then the third period, Delaware, Delaware started to end it out as uh, Mia Bonfillo gets her second of the year, 7-13 in to tie the game at one. And then just past the midway point, uh, Jessica Pitanello gets her seventh of the year. Navy clawed back as much as they could, but Delaware kept the offensive Navy at bay to the side, could not get good shots on, and that's the final score, 2-1. to one. Uh, Navy is not going to get their third straight DVCHC title as it ends in the semifinals. Uh, Deanna Priveroto gets 23 saves uh, in this one, a solid effort uh, for her this season and for all the uh, Navy women in this Things aren't over yet for Navy, though, as um, they have one more game against Boston University. It'll be on Saturday morning, 11 a.m. At, uh, at the Brigade Sport Complex. And by the looks of it, by the sounds of it, of their, uh, of their uh, Instagram feed, it looks like they will be taking in the Natties next month as well. I do believe that is because of the rankings from the ACHA. I think. I don't know. We will stick with it, and we will hopefully have some answers for you next week um, when this is all kind of figured out uh, from there. So could Navy have a lot more left in their tank? Who's to say? We will find out here in a little bit. Maryland was in these DBCHC playoffs as well. They were the five seed taking on uh, Liberty, the four seed, and a big, big upset by Maryland in this one as they win by a score of one to nothing. That's right. Un to zero as Grace Wildberger's 16th goal of the year at 10:28 in the first was all Maryland needed. Uh, and uh, Alexandra Borsch gets her sixth assist. And man, oh man, Sydney Molnar, 25 for 25 in the saves, a shutout in there, able to keep that pretty potent Liberty offense off the score sheet. Maryland with a huge win in this one. And there was a lot of penalties in this one, so this could have gone either way. Each team had a, a fair amount of penalties. I mean, uh, Maryland had three power plays in the first to Liberty's two. Uh, then Maryland or Liberty had four power plays to Maryland's two in the second. Then it was three to two in favor of Maryland in the power play again. So that game could have went either way and could have got it out of hand really easy, but it did not. Maryland gets the upset, and they move onward to Saturday, which they will take on Villanova, the number one seed overall. And unfortunately, uh, Maryland, although they did have a lot of fight in them, did not get the finish they wanted. It took Villanova uh, almost to the end of the period with uh, 154 remaining. Caitlin Braun, her fourth of the year for Nova, puts them up one to nothing after one period of play. Then a shorthanded uh, Elise Payne, her 21st goal of the no for Nova, 142 into the second period, puts them up two to nothing. But a back and forth, tete a tete again. More power plays uh, in this game, but uh, nothing happening on either side. 105 remaining in the second, though. Jenna Nallman, her first of the year for the Terps, assisted by Ashley Hill, getting her first assist of the year, cuts the lead uh, in half. Going into the third period, and what a frantic third period it was. 108 into the frame. Alejandra Borsch, her fifth of the year.
from Michelle Reynoso. Her third assist of the year ties the score up, but then Villanova gets a quick goal after that. Annalise Monopoli gets her fifth of the year uh, and then her, uh, follows it up seven minutes later with her sixth of the year to put uh, Nova up by two at that point and then with uh, just about five minutes remaining, 5.37 to be exact, Payne gets her second of the game. Elizabeth Braun scored 20 uh, seconds after that for her eighth of the year, trying to get Maryland back into it, but it would not be for the Terps. 5-3, to three, the final in this one. Molnar with 24 saves in the loss, and the Terps' season is done. A valiant effort by them, and you know taking the top team to the limit like that, uh, putting a little scare into them, uh, pretty good. Uh, and this team is just building building, building. So it'll be interesting to see where the Terps go uh, moving forward uh, going into next season. We will have a little bit of a, a year in review for them here in the coming weeks uh, as we start to wrap up the season overall. Team Maryland had two games this weekend, two pretty crucial games when you look at it as they are trying to scratch and claw for every point they can get uh, to have a better seating in the playoffs. It all started in uh, Exton, uh, Exton, Pennsylvania, as they traveled up there to take on the Pennsylvania Huntsman. No score after one period of play, but 8.43 into the second. Theo Loudis gets his sixth of the year on the power play for Team Maryland. Reese Mills' 11th assist, Jules Jardine's 10th assist, puts Team Maryland up one to nothing. And by and large, the Huntsman kind of outplayed them offensively, got a lot more chances uh, for Team uh, than Team Maryland. Of course, they did have a uh, three back-to-back-to-back -back -back power plays, did the Huntsman in the uh, latter half of the second period, but Team Maryland able to cut them off at the knees, not let them get anything else there. So we uh, set with that one in the third period. It took past halfway, 11-23 into the third. Will Moran gets his 11th of the year on the power play from Noah Zotter and Vadim Froloff. Uh, Zotter's 25th assist, Froloff's 22nd assist on Moran's 11th goal of the year makes it 2-0 Team Maryland. And then with 2.52 remaining, Zotter gets his 19th goal of the season into an empty net with Xavier Trombley getting his 21st assist and Moran getting his 16th assist uh, as uh, Team Maryland cruises to a 3-0 victory. Jake Hewson had uh, a lot of action, but he stopped all 34 shots he saw, which was huge. A big shutout for him. He has been stellar for this Team Maryland squad this season. Uh, no rest for the Wicket as they travel back home for a Friday afternoon tilt. The last Team Maryland regular season game happening at Piney Orchard. And it was an exciting one. Uh, it was a back and forth, uh, tete a tete, as it were. Uh, nothing happened in the first period. And really nothing uh, nothing to note until the very end of the second period. Although New Jersey, the 87s, were out firing Team Maryland in a big, big way as uh, they were just looking... Uh, for all kinds of chances, but Houston was able, Jake Houston was able to get things going in a big way. And on the power play, Vadim Froloff nets his 22nd of the year, just picks a puck up, loose puck on the rebound, uh, way outweights the goaltender, puts it in for his 22nd of the year. Aiden Theroff is his 11th assist, Will Moran his 17th assist on the power play. Team Maryland up one to nothing, going into the final period of play, kind of a, a almost neutral zone battle. Couple missed calls here and there, a couple made calls here and there. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff happening, a lot of excitement. Uh, and then at the end, with 25 seconds remaining, Reese Mills seals the deal into the empty net for his second of the year. Chase Hannon, 30th assist. Noah goals with the uh, his eighth assist, and that is what did it. Two to nothing. 
team Maryland wins. Jake Hewson, 37 saves in this one. It's amazing he didn't get star of the week. It's kind of wild, uh, but, uh, you know, is what it is, I suppose. So Team Maryland gets two big wins, which has them now clinched. They are clinched in the playoffs, and uh, they are sitting right now at third with a weird little uh, situation coming up with a odd showcase up there in, I believe it's in Aston this week. Um, they will play Friday, Saturday, and Monday. We will see if they can improve their standing in their last three games. They're out of second place by one point. They're out of. Uh, they're up on fourth place by one point. So very tight, very tight. So every point's going to matter this weekend. Uh, New Jersey has two game, uh, one game in hand. So does the Philadelphia Little Flyer. So a lot can change. We will see what happens. Team Maryland plays Friday against the Seahawks Hockey Club, and then Saturday against the Connecticut Rough Riders, and then Monday against the Bridgeport Bandits. Uh, and then all the playoffs will be determined by then, and we will bring that to you uh, how they did, how they fared, and where they're going to go to next in the next week's episode. Time for a look back on some of the seasons that have been, and we'll start off with the Stevenson women um, as they had a tough go about it uh, this season. Um, they um, finished 4-21-0 uh, with all their games uh, being won in conference which is nice, only a 160 win percentage. It was going to be a lean year uh, anyway as uh, they lost a fair amount of players last season uh, just to graduation. A lot of their leadership crew going in there. It was a younger team um, overall. And, and, and honestly, it's, when you look at it over in the grand scheme of things over the last couple of years, a big kind of a little bit of a slide as you would think in terms of graduating classes go through. Um, so it's uh, it, it was uh, definitely a retooling season for this 23-24 uh, edition of the Stevenson Mustangs. Um, only one win on home ice, and that was their last home game. Uh, tough, uh, tough road to go at it in terms of just uh, being at home and not being able to get the wins and, and the bounces and things like that. Uh, so... One of the bigger things is just the 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 the, the scoring just wasn't there either. I mean, um, when you look at the overall uh, the overall schedules, they were able to only muster one point six goals a game while giving up four point six goals a game. So obviously, the the situation in terms of giving you know making the goals happen while keeping them out. Really tough. I mean, they also got doubled up on shots, too. Um, they were only averaging 20.9 shots per game, but more than double for the opponent, 42.7. So not great uh, optics when you look at the grand scheme of things. Um, only 40 total goals this year to 115 given up. Um, so very, very lean for the season. But again, a, a younger squad, it's going to happen. Uh, overall, uh, goal scoring from Carly Barwick and Megan Croyle. Uh, they both had six this year with Frankie Capello leading the way in points with 13. Barwick, Croyle, and Cassie Campbell had 10 in the second side of things uh, to get things going. Goaltending-wise, uh, it was a little lean. Mallory Hunt went 2-3-0 uh, with a, a 901 save percentage and a 359 
goals against average. Ansley King was 1-5-0 with a 9.02 save percentage and a 3.52 goals against. Uh, Maggie Sinert, 0-6 with a 9, uh, 8.96 save percentage and a 5.49 goals against average. And Olivia DeGuire, uh, who saw the most minutes of the uh, year, uh, had a 5.41 goals against, 8.75 save percentage with 1-7-0. and So there is... Um, a, a lot of room for improvement for sure, but I think when you get into a, the second year with a core group of players, you're going to be able to adjust and adapt better, and hopefully we can get things going for next year to get back to the glory that once was for the women's program at Stevenson. Looking at the uh, men's club side, the Naval Academy, uh, they did not have a great year either. Uh, off of two straight uh, ECHA regular season championships. They had uh, two straight trips to Nationals. Uh, they were unable to kind of reach that same glory uh, this year as they were on the bottom half of the tier at seventh of uh, out of eight teams in the ECHA. Uh, one reason or another, they just could not find the back of the net with as much prowess as they had before. They had a minus go uh, 23 goal differential this year. Uh, defensively, not necessarily the uh, the best year, but at the same time, not terribly uh, horrible at all. Offensively, it was all upperclassmen kind of leading the way. Michael Rokovic with 30 points this year, 10 goals and 20 assists. Nick Allen with 15 goals leading the way there and 29 points. Evan Adams, 12 goals and 15 assists. Uh, and then it kind of drops off from there in terms of uh, that top line being together. And then, you know, it Cuts in half at pretty much after that. The uh, Sean Ostrowski with only 13 points, including four goals. So offensively, uh, just things not necessarily where they wanted to be or where they have been in the past few years. You did have a few uh, players kind of stand out in uh, in the in the field. I mean Patrick Laughlin in his second season, uh, you know, had a a decent season, five goals and uh, 11 points on the year, including three power play goals. Jack Denaudi all had a solid season. In his uh, junior year, uh, on the blue line, seven uh, seven goals from the blue line and nine points, two power play goals, um, a, just a lethal shot from the point. So there is some there is some uh, bright spots, of course. You're always going to have that, but uh, I think overall, when you look at the grand scheme of things, not the necessarily the best year, not the year that uh, Navy would have won it, but uh, in the same in the same token, it was uh, just it's a learning experience. Uh, for both sides. When you look at the goaltending, kind of uh, split a little bit. Andrew Rugg getting most of the starts this season. Uh, went 6-6-1 six, six, with a uh, 3.88 goals against and an 8.63 save percentage uh, for him in, I believe it was his senior season, if I'm not mistaken. Could be his junior, still junior year. Um, and then uh, Nathan Schmidt in his uh, plebe year, 2-4-1 with a 4.03 4.03 goals against and a .850 save percentage. So uh, a lot to build off of for Navy here. Uh, there is going to be a, uh, uh, a decent amount they can do. They're going to be losing a lot of uh, good good players moving forward in their uh, military careers. So it's just going to be a rebuild and uh, hope, uh, hope for the best, hope the chemistry happens quick, and then move onward uh, from there and see if they can't get back uh, if at least to the playoffs, this is the first time in uh, God knows how long that they haven't reached the postseason. So a big uh, a big adjustment for this squad, but at the same time, 
one of those deals where the, if there's a team that can bounce back quickly from it, Navy has the right people in place to kind of guide that uh, to the, where they need to be and where they need to get back to to have their uh, excellence again on the ice. Their counterpart uh, in the States, in the ECHA, Towson. Uh, Boise, what can, you, what can you say about Towson? Uh, they had a year as it took them until January to get their first win of the year, and that was against the aforementioned Navy. Um, finished the year with three wins, 21 losses, and one shootout loss. And it's interesting considering you look at... Uh, you look at you look at what's happening, and they had a solid, solid top two in Jeremy Wilson and James Harwood. Those two guys were dominant. Jeremy Wilson is a spectacular skater and stick handler. Had uh, almost uh, almost two points per game, twenty two goals and twenty assists. James Harwood had eighteen goals and nineteen assists in twenty three games for thirty seven points. Um, but then it kind of dropped off. Tyler Mercier uh, graduated mid season. He only played in 15 games, had 11 goals and 14 points on the year. Uh, Caleb Abedin, uh, for a first year, not too shabby, eight goals and 12 points in 19 games. And then again, kind of falls off the cliff after that in terms of, of just production from from the team. Uh, no double digits after that, only four guys in double digits, and one guy played a half a season. So a lot needs to be kind of figured out. And then goaltending-wise, my goodness gracious, goaltending was – a trip, I think, is is the only way to kind of uh, uh, approach that. Four goaltenders this year, all getting in games. Uh, Daniel Ludwig, the workhorse, getting all three wins this year. Three eleven uh, and one this season. Four point three two goals against average. And here's the crazy part: a nine twenty five save percentage. A I'll say that again. He had three wins. To 11 losses and one shootout loss, and had a 9.25 save percentage. This guy saw shots on shots on shots on shots. How many shots, you ask? Well, let's do the math right here. He faced a total of 885 shots this season. That's 819 saves to 66 goals against in only 917 minutes. He almost faced a shot a minute. In these games. And you figure he played 16 games. He faced 55 shots a game on average. On average. That's insanity. You kind of go down the line. Sean Knutson, his first season uh, with Towson. 0-3, uh, 0-3 and 0. Uh, 9.33 goals against. And uh, 8, or .836 save percentage not a great thing not a great look overall for the uh the newbie in this one but again he faced a total of 171 shots in four games that's 42 almost 43 shots a game it's 42 and a quarter games can you see where this is kind of kind of happening now Nate Berlue for the season 03 and 0 with a uh, 6.55 goals against but a Nine eight nine eight nine zero oh, save percentage. Same kind of thing for him. When you look at uh, at his numbers as well, he faced two hundred and eighteen shots in only four games. Fifty four and a half shots a game. Out uh, amazing. Then James Price four games went oh four and oh on the season. 
but uh, he had a, a 9.35 goals against average, save percentage of 822, but in his four games, he faced 163 shots, which totaled out to 40, 40.75 shots a game. So no goalie faced under 40 shots a game on average for this team. I know I'm no hockey professor, but methinks methinks defense is a problem and keeping shots to the outside is a problem. Keeping rebounds out or clearing rebounds out is a problem when your team faces uh, if your goalies are facing at least 40 shots a night. That is insane. But onward upward first year with a new coach, you know, you can you can do whatever you can with that. But not a good look uh, for Towson. We will see what happens next year. Uh, obviously, Tyler Mercier is out. Uh, he is uh, he is done with his uh, schooling there. One of the, you know, over the past six years we've done this, one of the guys whose name's popped up a whole heck of a lot. Uh, Jeremy Wilson had a great uh, first year. Uh, James Harwood had a solid, uh, I believe this is a second year, second or third year for Harwood. I believe his name was mentioned uh, some last year. So there, there is there is foundation there. It's just a matter of doing more with that foundation and also, um, you know, keeping pucks away from your goalie. That's a huge deal, too. So we will see what happens come next week, uh, come what may, and then, you know, we will track that, as always, uh, on this show every week, week in, week out, until we're blue in the face with the dang thing. Little D three action for you here in Loyola. Uh, they had themselves a pair of games to end out the season. They had a big game uh, in the Naval Academy, ten to one, the final Loyola over Navy, uh, and uh, then uh, they took on University of Maryland the next night, eight to two win there for Loyola over University of Maryland's D three squad. So uh, onward and upward, I do suppose. In that vein, and they uh, Loyola will go to the playoffs now as they are the number six seed. The Terps also go into the playoffs. They are the number eight seed, and Stevenson, the number ten seed, will be going to the playoffs. Stevenson will have to play a play-in game against Appalachian State on Thursday, and then Maryland has the other playoff uh, play-in game against Westchester on Thursday as well. Loyola is going to be playing Friday night at 11 p.m., um, Sorry, that's noontime, 12 p.m., 3-6 uh, matchup against uh, against uh, Catholic. Uh, so they got that going for them. Uh, all the games will be streamed at WRALsportsfan.com. No real archiving on that, so if you miss it, you're kind of SOL. You can kind of keep up with it better on the ACC Hockey Twitter, at ACC Hockey on Twitter from there. Montgomery College had a couple exhibition games this weekend against Old Dominion. University, they get two big wins, uh, nine to four on Friday, six to three on Saturday, with uh, Colin Walsh uh, getting the win on Friday, and then uh, on Saturday, Justin Bell getting the win for uh, for Montgomery College overall. So a good uh, strong end of the season for Montgomery College, who has had their up and down, but hey, it is uh, who who hasn't? Who among us has not had their ups? And downs with this one. Uh, Salisbury took on PSU Harrisburg. Did not get any update on that in the playoffs. 
Uh, so I'm assuming that uh, Salisbury did lose, considering that's you know they never update it unless they win. So we will move on from that. Salisbury's season is finito. They are not in any of the uh, national championships, so their season has come to a close. Shout out to them. I do believe Navy also might have their season come to a close as well uh, for after that Loyola game. So, um, yeah, good times for the uh, D3 squads. All the best to the team still remaining in Maryland, Stevenson, and Loyola. Let's get to some players. As uh, Sam Annis uh, had a week off, a couple weeks off it looks like, and uh, got back into it on Monday, a goal and assist uh, Monday as the Dynamo Misk beats Sparta Moscow. Uh, so currently he is at a uh, uh, 21 goals and 25 assists for 46 points in 60 games for the uh, Dynamo. And I do believe their season is over. So playoffs should be starting soon, perhaps, I think. They're at 60 games. I don't know how long the KHL season uh, kind of goes. So uh, we will be up to date on that one. Uh, Anthony, or sorry, Micah Berger with the Surrey Eagles uh, had a goal and an assist on Sunday to follow up an assist on Friday. So two points or three points for him this weekend as uh, Surrey won on Sunday and then lost on Friday. Berger now has seven points in seven games in the new BCHL side of things for himself. Three goals, four assists uh, for him there. Charlie Serrato had a hat trick. Uh, go spread the news. Three goals against the Chicago Steel to win 7-1 on Saturday night as the Falston, Maryland native doing his dang thing as he is uh, looking at uh, going a little bit higher in the draft. Already pretty projected uh, North American Skaters ranked 180. So we will see what his eligibility is and how that affects him as he gets ready to go to Penn State Next season, 35 points in 29 games for the Falston, Maryland native, uh, doing almost doubling up his uh, goal per, uh, pro, ugh, his goal production as he is more of a playmaker than he is a goal scorer, but showing that goal scoring skill with three goals there. Eric Sharpentier with a goal on a Friday night in the RPI in the uh, Dartmouth victory over RPI, uh, five to one. Sharpentier. Now sitting at uh, three goals and four assists in 27 games in his first year in Dartmouth. Anthony Domina had a goal on Friday night as the Orton Terriers beat the Battleford Star North Stars. Domina now sitting at 40 points in 43 games at 16 goals, 24 assists in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Patrick Giles, who I just got a card of to add to my Marylanders with Hockey Cards project going on, had a goal on Saturday night in the wild uh, overtime loss against Lehigh Valley, but had two assists in the victory rematch on Sunday. So a three-point weekend for him. Nine goals, eight assists for 17 points uh, for Giles this season in uh, in good old, good old Charlotte. Lacey Eden pot potted an assist on Saturday as uh, Wisconsin has a very unusual split this weekend against Ohio State. Uh, but that puts Lacey Eden 24 goals, 25 assists for 49 points this season in uh, only 34 games as they get ready for tournament time uh, as, uh, as yeah, college season winding down in a big way. We noticed that with uh, D3, so why not D1? Stephen Holiday had a pair of assists 
on Friday night as Ohio State beat the Michigan State Spartans uh, 6-2, to but they lost the rematch on Saturday. That puts Holiday at uh, 32 points in 32 games, almost kind of similar point-per-game production uh, from his first year, 10 goals, 22 assists for the Glenwood, Maryland native and uh, fourth-round pick of the Ottawa Senators. Jesse Horacek had an assist on Friday night as Maryland Black Bears swept the New Hampshire Mountain Kings and clinched a playoff spot. In the process, uh, Horacek with 33 points in 47 games for uh, for the Durwood, Maryland native. Dimitri Kebrew inching closer and closer to 100 points on his NAHL career. He had two assists on Saturday night in that same split, putting him at 40 points in 45 games, 12 goals, 28 assists for him. Will Lawrence had a uh, pretty solid weekend, two goals in the split uh, that Johnstown had against Northeast, putting him at 18 goals for the season, 40 points overall in 46 games as he looks to get a commitment uh, from a college somewhere. And I think some teams might be foolish if they pass up on him. He's, He's a solid young player. Plenty of uh, upside to him, so we will see if he can get uh, some uh, assistance there. Uh, big weekend for Will Margell as well as uh, he gets four assists, two on Thursday, two on Saturday, as uh, Mercyhurst split against Niagara on the weekend. Five goals and 13 assists for Margell in his third season in his first year over at Mercyhurst. So a big, a solid change for him going from New Hampshire to Mercyhurst. It's Definitely a big boost of confidence uh, for himself. Uh, Blake Montgomery keeps on rolling a goal and an assist against the U.S. developmental team on Saturday. Uh, Gets him up to 17 goals and 16 assists on the season for the University of Wisconsin um, commit. So a huge, uh, huge boost for him this second half of the season. He has done damn well. And it's uh, really, really good to see for a kid developing as quickly as he has been developing in the second half of the season at the USHL level. Luke Rubin had a weekend for himself, uh, two goals, one Friday, one Saturday for the Maryland Black Bears in the uh, sweep of the New Hampshire. Puts him at six goals and two assists in 26 games this season for the Fulton, Maryland native. A uh, solid, solid uh, work for him, really coming along offensively in the second half of the season, kind of fighting for some ice time in his first year in the N.A. as well. So uh, he, uh, he tremendous upside on this uh, on this kid. So we will have to see what he can do and uh, see if he can't turn it into something fantastic for the re- the remainder of this season. Not a fun weekend for Grace Campbell as uh, unfortunately she dropped both her games against the University of New Hampshire Friday night, making 35 saves in a three to one loss, and then only 21 saves in a six to four loss to New Hampshire for Boston College, putting her 14, 13, and 7 with a 2.52 goals against and a 9.20 save percentage. And then wrapping things up here with Jack Spicer, split of the weekend for him as he had uh, only uh, one blemish on his record on Friday, 32 saves and a 2-1 OT victory for Waterloo over Sioux Falls. And then on Saturday, 22 saves in a 4-2 loss to Cedar Rapids putting Spicer at 10-9-0 on the year, 2.97 goals against average, and a .894 save percentage. So numbers kind of improving, kind of going to where they were at last year. Uh, Record-wise, not so much, 
But uh, it is what it is, as they uh, so often like to say. And that'll do it for us. Thank you guys for uh, taking some time out and listening. We appreciate it. As we get down to the uh, the bare bones, the end of this uh, whole thing almost. And it should be an exciting one, as we got a lot of teams still playing. And there are some uh, some some things to be had, that's for dang sure. So uh, stick with us at ChesapeakeHWPod on Twitter. That's where you can find the show and all the updates there. But until then, I'm Scotty Watts. Take care of yourself and someone else. This has been uh, Chesapeake Hockey Week, part of the Faceoff Hockey Show Media Faction and Podcast Monsters. I told you the Twitter handle, ChesapeakeHWPod, for that. So you guys have a healthy week. Stay safe, stay healthy. Play that clutch and crab hockey when you can. Until next time, peace.